0: And welcome to episode 58 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. The National Steel Game 1 of the World Series from the Astros. Game two is tonight. you got Strasburg and Verlander tonight in game two. And then the NBA opening night was last night. Raptors get their ring and the Lakers fall to Kawhi and the Clippers. And I'm going to give you all my NBA predictions for the season. All that much more here on episode 58 of the Get More Sports podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then head over to the YouTube channel at Get More Sports and watch all of today's clips and give me all your takes right down below in the comment section. I want all your guys' takes. But we got lots to get into today, so let's get right into it. Oh, you. And the NBA is back. Last night, you had two games. You had Pelicans-Raptors. Pelicans got it done on ring night in game one. And then game two, the highly anticipated battle for LA between the Clippers and the Lakers and round one goes to the Clippers and yes everyone knew that it was a quote unquote home game for the Los Angeles Clippers but it was a very Lakers partisan crowd and they let Kawhi know about it early on here are the boos from the purple and gold contingency in Staples Center hey 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 Welcome, Clifford fans, to the game tonight. It's going to be a great season. We want, we're going to work hard every night. And let's get it going. Now, remember, Laker fans, what I told you about Kawhi Leonard. This is a different cat. This is a guy that spurned the Los Angeles Lakers in favor for the most historically in franchise in history. Do not poke this bear, and you saw what he did last night. Finished the game with 30 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, played stellar defense at times, went 10 of 19, and he was clearly the best player on the floor. He was better than <laughs> Anthony Davis, and he was better than LeBron James last night, and to me, it's between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kawhi Leonard for who's the best player in the NBA. So, all this booing, you think you're going to get to Kawhi? Nope. You're just going to make him close harder on you. You're going to make a guy who went through a hard finals run, a deep finals run, a summer of partying while LeBron James didn't make the playoffs. LeBron was supposed to be fresh, was supposed to be rested. He got his guy in Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard was the best player on the court. He was the best player on the court in the fourth quarter, he was the best player on the court throughout. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they combined for two points in the fourth quarter. So don't worry, these Laker fans can keep booing because they're really just boo-hooing and they're crying that Kawhi Leonard is not in the purple and gold <laughs> and he's with the Clippers look like the significantly better team last night. Now, the Lakers, of course, playing without Kyle Kuzma, but the Clippers, they're playing without Paul George, their second star. So they're only going to get better. They're only going to develop chemistry. And here's LeBron James after the game. No, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree on uh, how big of a test it was. It's the first game. You know, obviously, it's the NBA is back, and, and that's what everybody's trying to have the narrative of, of a rivalry game, and it's a huge test. I think both teams are not who they want to be. Um, we have a lot of room to improve. We're a new group that's coming together. We have a new coaching staff. We have a new system. Um, Now, LeBron James last night, 7 of 19, 18 points, did have 9 rebounds and 8 assists, went 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, and he shot 37%. That's the third lowest in a season opener in his career, and LeBron James, I agree. It is the first game. It's a new coach. It's a new system. It's a new collection of players. If you know LeBron James, you know that this is how he does it. He's not going to empty the tank in Game 1 of the regular season. He's a career 7-10 in opening night games in his career. He lost his opener when he was with the Heat. He lost his opener when he was with the Cavs when they came back and played the Knicks. Also, the Warriors lost their opening game when KD joined them. So don't make too much of last night, But LeBron James has clearly lost a step. LeBron James has played over 46,000 regular season minutes. He's played over 60,000 career minutes. So many playoff games. So many long series. It was only a matter of time before he started to lose that athleticism. And, yes, you saw those athletic plays last night. That chase down block. That dunk he had with the stare down. Yes, he still can do that, but not on every possession. And you saw he wasn't really trusting his three-point shot last night. Went one for four. 5, but he had a couple open looks that he passed up, and one thing is clear about the Los Angeles Lakers, you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James, they're going to be in the mix until the very end to win the Western Conference, especially considering that the Hamptons 5 Warriors with Katie, Steph, and Clay and Draymond don't exist anymore, but if they do not acquire a wing or a guard, this team is not going to get to the NBA Finals. For them to have a realistic shot of getting to the NBA Finals, they better hope they can swing a trade for Andre Iguodala. But the Lakers clearly have a gaping hole on that bench. They need some rotational wing guys. They need to get some guards on the buyout market. And I couldn't help but not notice Tyronn Lue on the bench for the Los Angeles Clippers. Had he been the Lakers coach like we all assumed, I think LeBron James would have had a better night last night. If you saw only two screen and rolls for LeBron James in the second half, and you know that that's Ty Lue's specialty to draw those screen and roll plays for LeBron, I don't know if it was because it was Tuesday and LeBron James' mind was somewhere else for Taco Tuck, Tuesday, Tuesday, but he did not bring it last night. The Lakers did not impress, but we've got a long season ahead of us. After last night, right now, I have the Lakers as the fourth seed in the West. I think Denver, Houston, Utah, I think those are teams. Portland, I I think the Lakers are going to struggle to get a four seed right now as constructed. Of course, they're a very attractive buyout destination and if they do get Andre Iguodala that can change how they can guard guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George but until then, I got them as a four and five seed. Clippers, they're as advertised. They have the coaching, the depth, the superstars in their prime. The Clippers looked scary last night. Tonight night in the opening game, you had the Raptors and the Pelicans, and what was really an exciting game, the Pelicans led the majority of the way through, but it was ring night, so you know the Raptors were going to get that win. They win in overtime, 130-122, to 122, and the star last night was Pascal Siakam, just signed to that big extension. He dropped 34 points last night. He is a beast, and Pascal Siakam was nice, and how about those rings? Most carrots... Biggest diamonds. It was the most epic championship ring I had ever seen last night. You had a couple different designs. Drake had a custom one. Kawhi Leonard wasn't there to receive his, so it was a little bittersweet for Raptors fans, but hey, if you're going to probably win one championship in your franchise's history, you got to make that ring count, and that ring was very, very nice. Wow, wow, wow he's a very nice. the big takeaway from the game was, one, Brandon Ingram played very well. He had 22 points, 8 of 19, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and then Lonzo Ball, he starred the game great. 8 points, 5 assists, and only 24 minutes. He checks out with around four minutes in the third quarter and doesn't play until overtime. He was benched by Alvin Gentry and Alvin Gentry mentioned after the game in the third quarter, that offense started to get stale and I just don't understand what they were trying to do with that lineup. If you look at this Pelicans lineup, it is very deep and sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness and Alvin Gentry trying to find rotations leaves Lonzo out and then look Look, the Pelicans... Of the, all the starters last night, Lonzo had the best plus minus at minus seven. But for whatever reason, Lonzo Ball got benched last night. If you look at it, the thing with the Pelicans, they know how to score. The Pelicans, they shot 45 three-pointers last night, making 19 of them for 42%. So they were getting it done from beyond the arc. And Lonzo Ball was shooting that three with confidence. You saw that revamped three-point shot, the mechanics, the ball. The hand does not go over the wrong side of his face. But for whatever reason, only 24 minutes for Alonzo Ball last night. And if you look at it, in the first half, he really played very well. Five points, five assists, three rebounds, while generally controlling the pace and getting everyone involved. He had a lot of assist opportunities. He was on his way to double-digit assists. But then Lonzo just kind of disappeared. At the 446 mark, Lonzo Ball checks out, and you saw him on the sideline. He's over there looking at Alvin Gentry like, what is going on? This lead is slipping away. The Pelicans are starting to lose it. The Raptors know they have to win on ring night so I just don't understand. If you made that trade for Lonzo Ball, you have to let him do just that. Let Lonzo Ball... He's gonna control the pace. He's gonna get guys involved. Even if he's not scoring, he's pushing the pace, he's finding open guys, and he can score now. Lonzo Ball should be out there, and they should be going through the growing pains, knowing that he could be their point guard for the next 5 to 10 years. You got a guy in Zion Williamson who was built for lobs, and I'm telling you, there's no better lob thrower in the league right now than Lonzo Ball. So get him ready and prepare for the future, or else you're just wasting him, and you should just get someone for him while you can. So if I'm Lonzo Ball, I'd be very upset with how it was used last night, especially considering that the Pelicans couldn't get it done. Their offense went stagnant. They started to rely on three-pointers. J.J. Redick went off, but Drew Holiday really needs to slip into that guard role and make Lonzo the primary ball-hander. If you saw Lonzo at UCLA, It was a free-flowing style. And then when he went to the Lakers, he started forcing that three-pointer. Everything starts with him controlling the pace. And I think that they have something special in Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. And I think the Pelicans, they right now could legitimately be a playoff team, but not if you don't get the most out of Lonzo Ball. I don't care if you have 11 guys that can play. We all know it's all about your top seven. And Lonzo Ball needs to be in there in the fourth quarter. The Washington Nationals, they get it done in game one of the 2019 World Series. They get their first World Series win in franchise history, and they get it done against the most dominant pitcher in the postseason. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole boasting a .4 ERA. He hadn't lost a start since May 21st. The Astros hadn't lost a game that he had pitched in since July 12th. But these are the Nationals. A far cry from those Nationals in 2012, 2014, 2017. These Nationals are blistering hot hotter than the devil's armpit. They've won 17 of their last 19 games. They've now won four straight road playoff games and this Nationals team I'm telling you they are for real. I have the Nationals in six. I'm not going to toot my own horn because I said they were going to win last night. It's just hey, like I said, I covered the Dodgers, Dodgers post game show and I'm telling you this Nationals team made this Dodger team look very pedestrian late and throughout that series and it really all started in the top of the fourth inning down 2-1 Juan Soto goes deep on Gary Cole the 1-0 swing a fly ball well hit to left field way back goes this one it's got a chance it's going going and long gone up onto the railroad tracks welcome to the World Series Juan Soto Nationals tie the game at two as Juan Soto goes opposite field for a tape measure home run onto the railroad tracks That is Soto's third home run this postseason, and it's a brand new game, the Nationals 2 and the Astros 2. I'm telling you, Juan Soto is a superstar, a budding superstar in Major League Baseball. Clutch hit after clutch hit. He's the guy who got the hit in the wild card game off of Hader. He's the guy who went deep to tie it against Clayton Kershaw in Game 5 of the NLDS, and he ties it up last night, and it made all the difference to the world. Now, check this out. Juan Soto homers in the top of the fourth. In the top of the second, his teammate Ryan Zimmerman, who was the first draft pick in the franchise's History back on June 7th, 2005, when Juan Soto was only six years old. Oh, the kid is not 21. He's only 20 years old. And if you look at Juan Soto, at age 20, he's got 56 home runs and 180 RBIs. Let's compare that to Ron Acuna Jr. 26 homers, 64 RBIs. Bryce Harper at that age, 22 homers, 59 RBIs. Manny Machado, 7 homers, 26 RBIs. Mike Trout, 5 home runs, 16 RBIs. So, this guy is really just a star in the making, and he got it done. And here's Juan Soto after the game. Uh, after the first bat, I just said, that's another baseball game. Uh, that's another baseball game. It's the same thing in the season. The playoff is the same, same thing. Just go and Enjoy I remember, he had struck out earlier in the game, ends up going three for four, three RBIs, and he becomes the second youngest player to have three hits in his World Series debut. Andrew Jones was 19 back in 1996, and he talked about whether or not he was nervous in this game, his first World Series game of his career. Um, In the first bat, I'm not going to lie, I feel a little bit shaky in my legs but uh, I just try to control my my emotions and try to be focused in the game and try to drive the ball. You had so many guys contribute tonight. Scherzer, Corbin, Zimmerman, Hudson, Doolittle. What does this win in this ballpark tell you about your team? It's amazing, uh, you can tell the rest they take. The rest help a little bit to the guys because we have a lot of veteran players. So they, they just get the rest the best they can and then just come play. Now, if this Nationals team can pull this off, having started 19-31, having had to go play themselves into the postseason by knocking off a Brewers team and then beating a 106-win Dodger team to now be one of the best teams we've ever seen in these Houston Astros who won 107 regular season games. If they pull this off, it's one of the greatest runs in baseball history. And that brings us to tonight. You got Strasburg against Verlander. Tonight will the Astros go down 0-2 lose game 2 at home. I know I told you that the Astros would drop game 1. And I'm feeling pretty hot right now. I got the Nationals in game two. If you look at it, Justin Verlander, he's one of the best pitchers of this generation, but he's 0-4 in five World Series starts, which is tied for the most starts without a win in series history. So yes, he's due, but Steven Strasburg, he's been lights out all postseason long. This Nationals team is so red hot right now. I'm feeling better and better about the Dodgers losing every day, knowing how great this Nationals team team is right now, and I think the Nationals win game two tonight and head back to D.C. up two games to zero. And before we wrap today, I want to throw up my predictions for the NBA Awards. I'm going to start with the Coach of the Year. I got Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. I like how they added Bogdanovich, Mike Conley Jr. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to take a leap. I think they're going to win tons of games. I like him for Coach of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going with JoJo Joe, Embiid. When he was on the floor last year, the Philadelphia 76ers had a defensive rating of 93. When he was off the court, 120. Makes a huge impact. And then Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Ja Morant. He's got a great situation with the Grizzlies. If you saw his production, he's going to have those nice numbers. Of course, if Zion Williamson wasn't injured, I would go with Zion. Maybe he could still make a run at it. Right now, I'll take Ja Morant. Most improved player. I was going to go with Bam Adebayo. I think I'm still going to go with Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball, when I saw that first half, that improved shot, if they give it an opportunity, I think he's going to win that award. And then for my MVP... I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. I was close to picking Giannis, but Kawhi is my guy for the MVP, and basically he's won everything. Finals MVPs, NBA Finals trophies, defensive championships. This guy is going to win the MVP this year, and the finals is going to be between... The Houston Rockets and the Milwaukee Bucks. I got the Rockets and the Bucks. They're playing tomorrow. I think that's going to be a preview of the NBA Finals. I think Harden and Westbrook, I think they're going to make a move midseason. And I like the Bucks in the East. But that is going to do it for episode 58 of the Get More Sports podcast. As always, my name is Doug McCain. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the pod wherever you get in your podcast these days. Have a great rest of your week. See you guys Friday. And I'm out.